right, this is Ryan with Product Hunt Radio. I'm at Angelus Pinval and Josh. How's it going, guys? Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So one quick note I'll, I'll mention is I've obviously been using Angelus for a while, more as just a consumer for fun. And before Product Hunt, I sort of used Angelus in a way as I used Product Hunt. I would, this is maybe embarrassing because it's super geeky, but I would go to Product or to Angelist and I would just search for startups for fun and just like scroll through and find cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, Angelus is good for discovering startups, especially ones that are fundraising or recruiting or taking some kind of a transactional action. Uh, Product Hunt is obviously very broad. Um, great for finding everything from a color picker to a Bitcoin wallet to um, the latest variation on Yo. Yes. Yeah, discovery is kind of a side effect on Angelist. And uh, like our product is kind of a Swiss army knife with like 500 yeah. blades on it right now. Yeah. Uh, Actually, that's the question I had for you is, is you, you, you guys do a lot at Angelist and you move really fast and you have, you know, recruiting aspects. You have the transactional side of funding. You have the discovery part. What is what is Angelist to you guys? It's, it's becoming over time. Some of it is what you think it is, and some of it is what your customers and consumers and users tell you what it is through their usage. And what it's becoming is a transaction platform. So it's becoming the place where investors actually put money into companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's becoming the place where uh, startups find talent and talent finds startups um, and finds a job. So it's really mainly used for that, and the discovery and the graph are sort of supporting elements that need to exist for those functions to work, but they're not as primary. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would say in, in a more general sense, I just think of Angelist as a social network for startups and a platform for startups. And, and when I think of the transactional stuff, I think of those being like applications that are built on top of the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, like, it plays a really important piece, even though it is a supporting piece. Like, people don't necessarily come to Angelus to use the graph part to use the platform part yeah yeah it's critical you can't separate them yeah and you there are a few people that have built apps around Angelus using your API and that's something that I am actually kind of curious to hear your thoughts on because we have people now scraping product hunt building an API and creating apps. yeah that's part of why we built the APIs so people wouldn't scrape the main site <laughs> yeah. so the API runs separately so it can handle all the load yeah yeah the API is very funny um, five minutes before this you came in and this started, someone just for the first time ever, I swear to God, I've never had this happen before. Some guy just took the elevator up and walked into the office and was like, who runs the API here? No. And he just walked over to me and started asking me questions about how to, uh, how to like scrape the jobs out of it and all this stuff. Wow. That's kind of, that's ballsy. Yeah. I kind of I respect that a little bit, but. I did too, but I, my answer was email me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, people have done some cool stuff on the API. I think uh, like what I was hoping for didn't exactly happen, and that's because we didn't really know what the use of the data was when we developed the API, mm-hmm. and that was almost three years ago. So if I had to redevelop it right now, the use cases uh, in my head are, are very much more clear, which I think mm-hmm. makes, makes it possible to make a much better API. Is this something you're investing in? Do you want to improve the API and have more people build stuff? Uh, that would be great if... We had the bandwidth, but I probably yeah. spent like 5% of my brain power on it. So, yeah. yeah. What's the, the most unusual or unexpected product built on the API or integration or something? That's a good question. There was one guy who was working for a while on kind of an automated algorithmic investment fund on the API, which I thought was great, but huh. he didn't quite finish it. 
Um, I feel like now there's so many deals being done on the platform. Heck, I can't even keep track. And mm-hmm. it would be awesome if people were to start building tools using the API to figure out how to build the right index funds. That'd be fascinating. Yeah, uh, a lot of people have tried to, I, I feel like the big meme now is to create Tinder for X. Like people, they did that for product <laughs> on, right? Yes, That's yesterday, something. yeah. yeah. Uh, so people have tried to do that with Angelus, but unfortunately their API doesn't really expose enough to support that. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't think you could invest on a swipe. I'm just, yeah. just going to put That's it out right. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't stop people from <laughs> tweeting about it all the time. Like it's, like it's yeah, something it, that could exist. It'll still get a TechCrunch article. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. Our, our job hunting side is very much based on the swipe model. It's just done on a website version instead yeah. of the app. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, you know, because the, the double opt-in, like from a lot of engineers, especially that I know, are sick of getting hounded by recruiters and... This gives them some control. There are no recruiters on Angelus Talent. We don't allow them. Oh, really? Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of the traditional approach. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, we actually very regularly have to kick people off the platform, which is kind of doing the dirty laundry part. But, uh, but yeah, recruiters do try to sneak on and talk to people. Yeah. Huh. So, what products are you guys playing with? We were talk- chatting about a couple right before we started recording. Yeah, well, I was. I, I noticed Ryan had like ten text edit windows open <laughs> on his Mac, so I suggested he use Evernote or something similar. Yeah, and then get a problem. Yeah, in the vaults. What were, what were yeah, doing? I've got a weird one. I use this thing on my uh, Mac. It's not a, an iOS app, but it's called Notational Velocity, and it takes a little while to wrap your head around. I think it was written by some Russian hacker. Sorry if I'm screwing that up, but I think so makes a better story anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was written by some Russian hacker for himself. And uh, it has this really weird concepts of everything is saved as you type it. And everything is searched as you type it. So as you're typing, the thing is constantly searching and showing you all the matches. So mm-hmm. you don't ever have to index anything. So you don't have Gmail replace folders with search mm-hmm. uh, and with tags. So for example, if I start, if I want to remember a movie, right? Like, let's say someone says, hey, you should watch Wolf of Wall Street. So I'll be like, okay, so I'll just start typing movie Wolf of Wall Street and immediately below it starts showing me all the matches for all the notes in which I've ever mentioned movie or wolf mm. or Wall Street. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, it belongs in that list of movies that I have and I'll click on that and I'll put it in there. And again, there's no save. It just auto saves, auto indexes and auto searches everything at once. Mm. And it's sort of uh, a little weird because we're used to thinking of searching and saving and indexing and writing as four different actions yeah. and notational velocity just does them all at once. Um, and when you get used to it, like you can't go back to any of the note-taking app. Yeah. And then you can use things like Notesy, which will let you sync notational velocity with Dropbox and so on, but the true power of notational velocity is on the Mac. Yeah, that's really... Uh, like, I use Evernote, but honestly, I use like one feature out of Evernote, and it has like 99 other features that I don't use, so it's yeah. so heavyweight. Um, but I've never found like a lightweight note-taking app that I uh, like, so I'll have to check that out. It's like on the to-do site, I tried to find a to-do app that I liked for like years, and then I finally found Clear. Do you know Clear? Yeah. Which yeah, it's, is it's beautiful, yeah, super it's simple. super simple. All yeah. you do is you pull, swipe down, you type something, and it's done. Like you've got your to-do list. Yeah. I use Gmail in a very unusual way where I uh, run inbox zero, and then I'll star everything, and I use superstars. So I've got like 10 different kinds of stars, <laughs> and then that becomes my to-do list, and any time I need to to-do something, uh, or I have time to do something, I go to my starred list 
and based on the stars, everything is prioritized, and then based on the labels, they'll be clustered. So I'll know these are all the phone calls that I have to make, and they're in order of priority. These are all the things I have to do at the office, and they're in order of priority. Hmm. And so I just run that way. So my inbox and to-do list and, uh, are all kind of combined. There's actually, I wasn't going to even talk about to-do lists because I actually don't use any, but there's one that I started playing with recently called Timeful. Have you heard of Timeful at all? No. So it, it was on Product Hunt two weeks ago, the beta, and this is the pre-release um, that I've been playing with. And Dan Ariely, who's written you know, Predictive Rational and a bunch of other books on psychology, is one of the co-founders, so it's, that's partly what fascinates me about this. And it takes a different angle in that it's a regular calendar, essentially, but also a to-do list and also this kind of habit encouragement type of piece. So when you sign up, right now I, I just added some like standard to-dos and standard habits, but it gives you some suggestions like, what do you want to do? Call mom, and it puts a reminder for you to call mom once a week, let's say, or go to the gym three times a week. It'll automatically place that within your schedule. And although I haven't used this at all, my, my assumption is that it will change over time and it'll start encouraging and placing these to-dos and these habits awesome. in times when you have availability. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting. How can you kind of force and have a reminder? Because oftentimes habits just starts with like the reminder is like the first step. Yeah, you that's have a really interesting because personally, I, especially on my phone, I have major notification fatigue where I basically don't even pay attention to my notifications anymore. Yeah. Um, I turn them off for the most part, yeah. Yeah, I wake up every morning and my phone has 25 notifications and I don't even check them. I just, really? I just swipe. So the way I wake up and I, I scroll through all my notifications before I unlock and I will intentionally not unlock because I want to make sure I didn't catch one of my many apps. Like, potentially I, I feel you, yeah. Um, so I, I think everybody has a channel that they really pay attention to and they kind of mm -hmm. ignore others. So some people are like live on text messaging. I live on email. Some people will like actually pay, go through notifications. Some people are always on Facebook. It's just, there's a slightly different notification workflow for everybody. Yeah. I get notified by secret all the time. And I turn that off instantly. I love, <laughs> I, I love secret. It's a great yeah. app, but for me, it's always like I'm bored. And so then I'll go into secret and then yeah. I'm looking for that little secret thrill of something or someone I know gets yeah. mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most fun part when someone you know is mentioned. Totally. And it's, usually it's something, you know, dishonest, like scandalous or it's controversial. Gossip. Yeah, it's, it's a gossip magazine, yeah. but it's in your social network. But why, why does it sound libelous, right? I mean, that's, that sounds like a liability waiting to happen. Yeah. Have they been sued yet by anyone? I, I think they're, I, I hope they fall under freedom of speech or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to add mentions. So can I, I, I want to be able to tag you, let's say. Totally. And, and I'd love to have saved alerts. I'd love to have keyword alerts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly, so part of my, um, well, for some people, they're, they're going to want to keep checking it because they're well-known enough in the startup space that they know people are talking about them. Like, I love, love Dave Moran. He's been an awesome supporter, but he's been getting a lot of shit on Secret, and I'm sure you know, whether he looks at it or not, he's like, he's probably going to check it just because he wants to see what people are talking about. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe they come up with like a Hootsuite for Secret or something. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a great tagline for a product on yeah. Product Hub. Yeah, I'm ex I expect to see that tomorrow on the, uh, on the top yeah. of the leaderboard. <laughs> yeah. We'll get it funded. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah, with the whole notifications thing, I, I don't know. I In the morning, I've been trying to... Like, I feel like myself and everyone else in the world now have this really bad habit of as soon as I wake up, I grab my phone and I spend 20 minutes in bed, like flipping through shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to like 
get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the so, things we have to be careful about, especially as a product hunter and people who like new products, is you have to realize these things suck the happiness out of your life. <laughs> like every time I go on Twitter, it's like an instant little dopamine hit. But if I do it 20 times in an hour, I'm not happy because I'm out of the moment. I'm no longer present wherever I am. Mm -hmm. And so you have to ration yourself. Um, so for me, notifications, I actually set them on an app-by-app -app basis depending on what's important. And maybe I'll, I'll segue for a second to another app. Uh, which whose notifications I pay a lot of attention to and this is weird little app called dark sky mm -hmm. and somebody came up with a genius idea of combining cloud radar and weather with GPS because up until now every weather app has been exactly the same like oh here's the average temperature and mm -hmm. here's the chance of precipitation and you mm -hmm. all see the same stuff and it's and especially in a place like San Francisco it's pretty useless mm -hmm. because their microclimates and how much the weather changes within a given day yeah but then dark sky they know exactly where you are and because they know exactly where you are they know when that rain cloud is about to pass over your head or not which way it's mm -hmm. headed so it very accurately tells you hey it's about to start raining and it's going to rain for the next seven minutes it's be light rain and then it's going to be a quick downpour for four minutes and then it's going to be dry and it's good enough i mean it's not perfect but it's good enough and i've literally used it for oh, I'm at this store and it's raining hard outside and then I know when the gap is and I'll run across the street and then it'll start raining again. That's amazing. It's really cool. I just thought of a yo hack. A yo for rain. There you go. <laughs> yeah. The rain yo's you. Yes. <laughs> yo's, you know, the cleverness with yo is just that it's ping. It's ping for the... Uh, it's ping for phones. I had this mm -hmm. theory way back when. I, I mean, I'm old, but you know, I used to use Unix pre-web days. And I remember watching how every Unix command became not just a product or a feature, it became a gigantic company. Finger became Twitter, Grep became Google. Um, so you just see over time, like the news groups spawn like all the discussion boards and all the blogs and so mm -hmm. on. Um, so this is Ping. Ping is becoming an app. Yeah, and you were, you were re referencing uh, pagers back in the day. <laughs> I mean, to me, to me, yo, it's just like we built all this great technology and we're just using it like a pager. Yeah, because <laughs> it, yeah. it uh, you know, like strips, it seems to strip a ton of context and like um, intellectual effort that you have to put into a notification. It's just like, there mm -hmm. it is and it's over with. Um, and there's no like, I need to swipe in and like do something. And you know, that's actually a lot of anxiety that people but have. But by the way, to your point about all too many notifications, half your apps, their notification should just be a yo. It doesn't need to tell you more. Yeah. You know, earlier today, uh, well, Jason just launched in Inside 2.0, so their new mobile news app, and one of the big enhancements or, or features is just uh, push notifications for real-time news and breaking news. And that, that gets me thinking more about, you know, the value that those apps provide is oftentimes all in that push notification. You don't need to open up the app to read more about that breaking news. Sometimes just that headline is all you need. And that gets me thinking, too, more about how do you measure success of that app or engagement? If the value it provides to people is just that notification, which they never open up, you never know that they see it, how do you measure that? How do you know people are using it? Yeah, and how do you turn that into a business? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the, that would be how the do you put ads in that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess you could notify with ads, and that yeah. seems like the end of the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till Yo has ads. I don't know how that would work. I would uh, just be like, Yo from Pepsi, like, oh, I, need to, I should get a drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it is fascinating to see how notifications are. There's a lot of conversation about so notifications now. The, the, the class of apps that fascinate me the most are the ones that take something that used to be a complicated, difficult, real world 
physical process, and then they just turn it into a single push button. Mm-hmm. And the obvious winner here is Uber, but you know, yeah. and Lyft and Flywheel and so on. But you've also got all the food delivery guys now, like Sprig and Postmates and uh, and Spoon Rocket, where you Instacart, know, is Instacart, Instacart right? You yeah. ping, 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 and it, and it just makes it so much easier turning the push button process. My recent discovery, and sorry if I'm late to the game, is Order Ahead. And now I started combining the apps. So what I'll do is I'll I'll get an UberX. I'll jump in the UberX. I'll order ahead my coffee at Phil's. I'll have the UberX stop at Phil's in the way. I literally walk in. I'm back in the UberX in 30 seconds with my coffee in hand, <laughs> and then I keep rolling. <laughs> it's so funny. What are, what are you doing with all the extra time you've saved on this stuff? Uh, checking Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I'm yoing more people. Yeah, I agree. I've been. Uh, like I'm actually not that big of an app guy, but I do regularly use a bunch of apps like Uber and like I just recently started using Sprig and Spoon Rocket, like testing those out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, yeah, I think that's really fascinating. Um, that's like really realizing the potential of all the technology we've built and the network that we've built on top of it. Yeah, I've also started using Hotel Tonight not as my backup plan, but as my main plan. Yeah. I literally go to towns and cities and business trips, and I don't have a hotel book. I go to New York, and it could be convention weekend. There'll be something available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It may not be the best, but all I need is a bed and a bathroom. Yeah, it's kind of exciting, too, to yeah. like wing everything. Do you get much of a discount? I've never used Hotel Tonight. I actually don't even use it for the discount. It's I, more use, I use it for the booking convenience. Yeah. Right. Yeah, again, it's like a one-button thing. Yeah, here's a little hack for everybody, uh, although they'll close this loophole as soon as I talk about it on the radio, <laughs> but um, I use Jet Setter a lot, and sometimes, you know, I'll be doing like a weekend getaway kind of thing, and I want a hotel in, you know, wine country, and they always have two or three night minimums on the weekends, but Jet mm-hmm. Setter unbundles them, so even if you're playing retail rate, you can grab it just for a Saturday night or just for a Friday night. Really? And that's kind of a good money saver. Huh, interesting. That's your nice thing about Hotel Tonight. It just unbundles the room on a nightly basis. Yeah. Yeah. I think travel, I mean, Uber, like you mentioned, and Lyft and others are, are doing a good job in improving travel, but still, flying is so difficult. And there was a, I'm forgetting the name of it, but there was a startup on product in a couple of weeks ago, and it's actually, you could describe it as Uber for private flight. So you yeah. can actually book with private um, owners of planes and you can fly re- relatively affordably to LA or to did, short distances. Didn't they try that before and it failed? It's been was, tried many times. Well, I, was, yeah. I was an investor in Blackjet, which in Florida yeah, I was failed. Say they went under. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very hard to get liquidity in that market is a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's flying, flying is just a royal pain, but part of that is the airlines deliberately make it difficult because it's the only way they can control pricing. Otherwise, they're a true commodity business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you see... Um, I don't, uh, gosh, I think it was today they announced that this French company raised a $100 million round, I, I want to say, and it's called Blah Blah. Blah Blah? <laughs> blah Blah Car. I don't know if that's actually how it's pronounced, but B-L-A-B-L-A Car. Hmm. And it's ride sharing. Apparently, they've taken off, uh, which I've always wondered why that didn't ever ha- uh, happen, because we have so many, like, peer-to-peer shit. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, What's the buzzword for it? Sharing, um, sharing economy. Yeah, yeah, sharing, yeah mm-hmm. whatever. Well, Hinge, Hinge. I think they recently announced some some funding. I may be mistaken on that, but they are they also ride sharing as well. So it's um, I could be getting this wrong, but you you split the, the fare basically. Come on, hitch. I was hitch. That's yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. Hinge is the dating. Hinge is the dating app. I was like, there's a really interesting that was, app. If you that was can, like, no, no, no. Hitch is great. Hitch, <laughs> Hitch was Corral Labs. That's actually a good idea. Yeah, Merge dating and travel together. Share a ride with somebody. This, this is where I do my shameless plug. But did you know that Postmates, Uber, and Hitch are all Angelus grads? 
And Hitch nice. was actually Angel Syndicate. Scott Bannister let us syndicate, and you could invest it on, online if you're accredited. Um, and yeah, it's Corral Labs is what it was called. That's right. That's but right. they basically do shared taxis like you might see in Third World, where you know there's like one taxi driving a route, and anybody can sort of jump in and get out later on the route. So they solve the traveling salesman problem. They'll efficiently route you. Yeah. And they're really cheap. I think it's like a guaranteed $6 or something like that. Really? Oh, and here's another one, Bandwagon. So this is on today, Bandwagon, which I was not familiar with, but apparently it's in New York. And from what I gather, it's the same model as, right. as Hitch. Yeah, so this is... Uh, I'm guessing the same exact thing that Blah Blah Car does, except they they just raise a massive round. Huh. Okay, I got to look up. There's wow, one million for Blah Blah Car. Well, they, you know, it's, and it's funny, a French like, company too. Which it's is funny really... how all these ideas arrive at once. So, have you seen all the valet companies? So there's yes. valet anywhere. There's I think it's Surf. There's Lux Valet. There's uh, Switch was doing well until they had some issues with San Francisco law. Was doing on street instant parking. Are you familiar uh, with them? No. This is the monkey parking? Guy? No, but very similar. So if you're driving and you can't find parking in SF, you open up the app and it will find a parking spot for you. Mm. Oh, it's I, I've seen this. It's like, but it's a karma system where you, when you're leaving your spot, you're supposed to launch this. Yeah. To... Yeah. So it's along the lines of that. Right. Uh, and the valet guys, I think what they're counting on is for uh, people who are driving a long distance, like essentially commuting becoming in the city, you're not going to take an Uber or a Lyft, but you can get the Uber Lyft experience where someone just whisks your car away and then pulls it back for you when you press a button on your phone. <laughs> you get the Uberized experience. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Sidecar also is doing shared rides as well. Oh, they launched shared rides also. Yeah. It's frankly, I, this was on Product Hunt a couple weeks ago and just look at the site. Sorry, Sidecar guys, but I don't know what your is <laughs> going on with your site because it looks like some CSS issues here. Yeah. <laughs> and it was on TechCrunch too a couple days ago. So I'm like, it's not that they're trying to hide it. Uh, anyway. I am just personally um, amazed that nobody has gotten sued. Nobody's gotten hurt in like any of these uh, sharings. You know, like car sharing situations, like even with yeah. UberX, I can't. Imagine. I'll bet it's a little different. I'll bet. So I have no inside knowledge, but I would bet something's happened that they just pay a lot of money to cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's early days, so you know these companies have raised tons of money. That's a smart thing to do. Yeah, I remember very early in the Airbnb days, they had that uh, that incident. Right, the, the place got trashed. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then they they uh, they put in that like million dollar guarantee or insurance guarantee or whatever. So I feel like eventually that's going to have to happen to Uber and Sidecar and all these other companies. Mm -hmm. So I, I booked my first Airbnb going next week to New York. And so it's my first experience. Have you guys been using Airbnb at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just once or twice in the past, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of it? Is it... Uh, do I do think it for the money or is it like the experience or... I've done both ways. So actually I was really big into couch surfing. Um, way back when, when I was in college and backpacking all over the place. So, yeah. you know, couch surfing kind of beat the curve there. That was, that was one of the first sites that ever had this sort of sharing economy. I wonder I how well it's doing now that Airbnb is around, if it's, if it's, it still exists. They're actually, uh, they run a lot of events. It's very social, uh, like Airbnb, I wouldn't say has a community. Like <laughs> there are no Airbnb yeah. meetups and people don't identify, like it doesn't really have much of a brand outside of the, the, the fact that they like sell yeah. space. But couch surfing has a brand kind of as a community and you're a couch surfer and all this other stuff. Hmm. Um, so I know they have meetups all the time in San Francisco. Um, and I know people still use the app. I, I, I hosted people for a while, uh, a few years ago. Hmm. But, but yeah, Airbnb, um, I've only had good experiences with it. It's a really great way. So I've done a lot of overseas travel in the past year. 
And if you land in a city with absolutely no context and you find someone that's uh, Airbnb in their place, you have like an instant friend. Yeah. You're usually in like a pretty cool neighborhood or you can find out like what's a cool place to stay and you get like the local experience. Hmm. So for that, I think it's great. And then my own place, I've Airbnb'd it a little bit. Um, don't tell my building manager that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I have a, a buddy who he actually, uh, I won't mention his name, but he will crash at his buddy's house in San Francisco for a couple nights, Airbnb his apartment, and he'll use that to compensate his rent in San Francisco. So instead of oh, paying yeah, like 2000 he's paying like 500 yeah, bucks a month. I know a guy who's uh, basically moved back to India, and he's running his company out of there, and all he does is Airbnb his apartment here, and it pays not just for his accommodations in India, it pays for his company in India. Mm. <laughs> yeah, how with, he finances with, the whole company. With wow. my nightly rate that I put my apartment up for, I could make 2.5x my, my rent every month, basically. Yeah. And that's not... And that's a price that doesn't assume like pride is happening or like some other event is happening where I could like spike the price a little bit. Yeah. And there's what Superhost I think is one. There are a couple others that will manage the listings and also all the booking and everything for you. I used to also use HomeAway. HomeAway has a really large inventory. They don't kind of have the instant booking and the site may not look as nice, but mm-hmm. um, it's great for like vacation homes and uh, I like throwing parties in rented homes because, like, <laughs> why would you throw it in your own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I would say one of the, like, in the context we've been talking about, the one-click uh, transactions, Airbnb is not very good for that, which uh, yeah. I don't think anyone's really tackled that problem yet. If you, if you want to get a home share place, uh, I mean, they do have something where you can open it up in a city and they're like, here are the places that are available tonight, but it's still yeah. almost always waiting on human interaction to, like, get the get the deal closed yeah do you use any virtual assistants i know there are several different companies out there that offer that there's one i believe the name is clara that is focusing on virtual assistants for uh, businesses so actually providing services for like angelists let's say they can handle all of your booking and everything rather than having like an office manager in-house doing that kind of stuff maybe i'm contrarian but i find that like online tools have gotten so good that it takes it longer for me to explain to someone what I want is just go do it. Yeah. So the only time I'll use an assistant service is when I need a physical person to go do something. Like I don't want to wait in line over there. Yeah. If only you could just yo for hotels. Yo <laughs> yeah. for airlines. I've done some like lately I've been dipping into the personal assistant stuff. So I've, yeah. I've used HomeJoy, I've used like laundry services. The laundry services I really don't get because one, so my entire life, I'd never thought about the idea that someone else could do my laundry. And then <laughs> at first I was like, oh, Prim and Washio. Uh, and then I realized that down the street, there's a dry cleaner that will wash and fold my laundry for $11 instead yeah. of me paying $40 to these companies. So it's like... Really yeah, nice. I just get the same uh, maid who cleans my apartment to do it. Just pay her a little extra and she just does it. Yeah. So, I, I don't... Yeah, I, I'm a, I, I mean, some of those companies seem to be doing great. I just wonder... In those cases, because I, you, once you pick a dry cleaner or someone to do your laundry or someone to clean your home, you're probably going to have a permanent relationship with that person. Yeah, that's what I was... Th- uh, like, I did home joy, and the girl, like, as soon as she came in to start cleaning my place, was, like, uh, you know, interested in, like, you know, do you need a regular cleaner and stuff like yeah. that? And I'm like, right, well, why, why wouldn't everybody do right. that, right? That's... So, uh, I was speaking with Sandy from Quib was saying the same thing. She had someone from Homejoy come in and they're like, here's my business card and here's my phone number. Yeah, you really, as a marketplace, uh, you really have to worry about lock. Like, how do you get people locked into the... Yeah, or how do you just provide more value? Like, make sure that they go that through too, the system yeah. to... Provide more value or essentially you, you need heterogeneous buyers and sellers. They have to keep turning over. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. What's the 
like craziest or weirdest product or startup you've seen on Angelus? Because obviously you see a ton of stuff, but I'm sure you've seen stuff where you read their their X for Y on Angelus and you're like, that can't be real. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've said there's so many, there's so many wack, there's a lot of wackos out there too. But I mean, there's there's some really interesting companies. We see a ton like. There's a ton of stuff in the bicycle space, for example. We see a lot of cool companies in bicycles. Hmm. Um, my, I think my favorite recent one is Faraday Bicycles. I don't know if you've seen, but like the entire frame on that bike um, is uh, is a big battery, basically. It's a big lithium-ion really? battery. But it's like it looks like a normal bike. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like some weird bike with a big battery clipped on. It's just they've built it inside the tubing, inside the frame. That's fascinating. So and it's then, lighter and it's exactly noticeable. And it looks like a normal bike in that you get up and the pedals look normal. It doesn't look like it's some weird motoring gear attached to it. Yeah. But when you're pedaling, it's smart enough to assist you. So if you're in flat ground, you're going to go at 10 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour, just mm. but you're pedaling very casually. And then when you go uphill, it assists you a lot more. And it's just like you're biking on flat ground, but you're going uphill. And then when you're coming downhill, of course, it gives you no assist, but it's very intelligent. So it just does all mm-hmm. of that on the fly. I would love to troll my friends with that. Like, hey, let's go bike riding, guys, and just be like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just rip past them. <laughs> yeah. In San Francisco, they've got a really good market here for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's one product, Air P and P. Have you heard about it? Yeah, no, I was <laughs> Air Plug and Play. Air no, P is in uh, urinate. I think. Oh, yes, okay. yes. <laughs> I was hoping that's not where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was. I was at a hackathon in Malaysia a couple months ago, and the apps that they came out with were so like inappropriate. Really? <laughs> Top five. One of them was uh, a, like Yelp for toilets, so or like something yeah. along. Wait, those you lines. review toilets? Yeah, you basically list public <laughs> toilets, like how easy it is to get to them, uh, how clean they are, things like that, uh, which I guess well, maybe maybe a problem for them. But the cleanliness varies on a uh, you know, call it minute to minute basis. So what you really want is toilet cam. <laughs> <laughs> That's got liability written all over yeah. it. Yeah. And then one of the one of the other apps that came out of that was. Um, it was like Tinder, but if the girl went on a date with the guy and didn't like it, then she got a gift card or something like that. Really? So not money, <laughs> which was like a little too risque, but uh, like the guy could offer up like, I have a $50 gift card. So oh man, so it's, it's kind of escort-ish. It's pushing the boundaries, yeah. but that's, yeah, that's, that's, already, like a, that's already happening. Well, well right, there's that what's my price or what's your seeking price? Arrangement. Yeah. yeah, seeking arrangement. Yeah, I'm not familiar with those, I swear. I don't know anything about these. I'm happily <laughs> married. You know, it's actually kind of big news. Uh, last week, Redbook, do you know Redbook? It was like the San Francisco Escort website. They got shut down after like 12 years of 12 operating. 12 years and then they got shut down? Yeah. What was the premise? Hmm. Uh, money laundering, I think, is what uh, they got them on. Money laundering. And hmm. they, they also piggybacked on this like nationwide child trafficking, uh, sex trafficking thing that the FBI was doing. Anyway, that's probably too heavy for this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is awesome, guys. I was glad you guys can come on. Yeah, thank, thanks for having us. That's great. Anything you guys want to mention? Any uh, cool stuff coming down the pipe that you can share with AngelList? Um, you know, mostly these days we're working on syndicates, which is kind of this way for angel investors to share their deals online with each other and with uh, other people who want to invest, sort of democratizing investing, but obviously only for sophisticated investors. So we've been working a lot on that. Uh, and that product continues to get better and better. Yeah. So. Yeah, personally, um, I've been working on some profile stuff. So we're trying to have better profiles uh, for our users. And 
I noticed some slight design changes today, and I don't know when those rolled out. Yeah, so the way we do product work here is that we just ship everything immediately in steps. (laughs) So that's like step two of 15 on the profile redesign. Nice. Um, So yeah, check in in a few months. We'll have way more robust profiles. Sweet. Yeah, I think it'll be fun to see a future where you can find your products on Product Hunt. You can pre-purchase them or back them on Kickstarter, and eventually you can fund them on AngelList. Totally. So I'm, I don't know if this is on staging right now. I'm pulling up uh, our staging environment. And so Zach, he loves hotkeys. And there are a few different hotkeys on Product Hunt. One of them is backslash, takes you to search. Right. If you hover over the row of a product and you hit uh, C, it'll open up the comments. If you hit A, it'll open up the actual page. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of them he added that will really soon is A. If you hit A, it'll open up AngelList and it'll search for that product. Uh-huh. That's funny. So, you know. It'll be kind of fun. It makes yeah. it easier just to jump in and find yeah, I mean, product. I think long term where it ends up is you're going to have a zillion products on there and you're going to be striped like Reddit where you're going to have all these sub-communities. Yeah. Um, and you, some small percentage of them will actually be fundable companies that will be raising money. Yeah. And you should just have a little dollar sign next to it able to invest and then swipe swipe to invest although hopefully you'll do more homework <laughs> so that's an easy way to lose money yeah yeah and obviously most of these aren't actually even startups i think right, probably the listing of probably 20 to 30 percent of these are on angelist a lot of them are like product tinned the yeah. product hunt or tinder although i think hunt. yo hodor <laughs> <laughs> yes. I how do i yeah. invest in that one <laughs> that was great that's amazing cool. All right, thanks guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you.